Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith, yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278. Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Sowing Hope. I am Bill Snyder. It's great to be with you. As always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host, Andy Santis, and we are in the midst of a uh, 10-part series on how to grow in faith, which is so much fun to be doing. Um, and tonight, our topic is on scripture. So how are you, Anne, and uh, how are you doing? Oh, great. It's good to be here. I've been loving this series. It's so much fun. And I really like the new video podcast that we're doing, too, because the audio is great, but it's good to see you and good to be able to show our faces to our audience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it definitely is a blessing to be able to uh, share our faces and uh, have it. Uh, so if you're not listening on YouTube, folks, uh, you should uh, go over and watch and listen on YouTube uh, because it is a great um, you know, thing to be able to see us interact a little bit. And I'm sure we'll get more and more fancy with the technology as we continue uh, on, as, you know, continue editing this on. But uh, no, I'm excited for tonight and too. So, um, you know, let's, uh, I guess we'll jump into scripture. Yeah, we'll jump into scripture. And on a personal note, I do think that reading scripture is really a gift for us, right, from God, because you know, we can receive the sacraments of the church, but when we read scripture, when we meditate on it, it's really God speaking to us. And whether that be at mass, at daily mass, or whether you just pick up your Bible or pick up the daily readings for the Catholic church for that particular day, whether it be the liturgy, the hours or the mass for the daily mass that day. Um, I just love to do that. And, um, and it's really helped me to grow in my faith. And so I want to refer to an article that I just found. And literally this article just came out and is being published for tomorrow. It's actually like one day ahead, even though we're taping this on Thursday, which is the 2nd of um, September. And the article comes out tomorrow. It's from uh, Orange County. That's in California, Catholic, the importance of scripture. And in, in this 
this article, it says that ignorance of, of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ. St. Jerome once said, and this was the essence of Pope Francis' call to Catholics around the world to bring scripture into daily life. And he describes specific ways to do this. So why don't we just stop there? Because it's wonderful that our Holy Father, I think, too, is encouraging all of us to make it a practice. Because I don't know, I think you know this, Bill, that there was a time in history, maybe when our parents and grandparents were younger, that the Catholic Church was not recommending that people read the Bible on their own without a priest there or without being at mass. And of course, back then they had the Latin mass way, way back before uh, 1962. So I didn't know if you had anything to say about that. Yeah, you know, that that really is a shame, uh, that part of our history when <laughs> when the church said, don't read scripture without a priest. It's OK to have a Bible in the home, but don't uh, frequent it. And again, I think that that was just a shame that that happened. But I know it happened because uh, my grandmother told me straight up one time that it happened to her. Uh, they they told her to close the Bible and you shouldn't be reading this. And, um, you know, that's that's a little bit um, disconcerting for us today. I think where the church has now said, open the Bibles, uh, everybody should be reading it and everybody should be understanding it from the perspective of a um, from, from from the perspective of the authority of the church, you know. So, so we we have the church that guides our reading of scripture, right? Uh, and it and it and it helps us to discern the proper context and the proper um, way to approach it, so that we don't go off you know, the, the deep end thinking, you know, that this, you know, particular verse was, you know, meant for just me in this particular situation, or that we become so overwhelmed with, um, you know, a, a very literal translation of the Bible uh, in, in some circumstances. I mean, not, you know, some things are supposed to be interpreted literally, other things are not supposed to be interpreted literally. And so, uh, you know, like some of the poetry books, right? Like the poetry books, like Song of Songs. You know, we're not taking that literally, um, but 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 the church gives us guidance, but but allows us and encourages us, and it really should encourage us to delve deeply into the scriptures so that we can encounter God. You know, you know, the the one scripture passage that. I like, and I think it's really relevant for today, is really in the prologue of the Gospel of John, right, where he's talking about the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, you know, uh, who is the Word? Jesus Christ. It becomes flesh. You know, we see this happen at every Mass, right, when we, when we hear the Word proclaimed from the Gospel, uh, and then it becomes flesh for us on the altar, but it can be, we, we should be encountering the Word, Jesus Christ, through his word through scripture, um, you know, and, and really just doing it on a daily basis. It, it's hard to do, right? And it's hard to do on a daily basis. I, I know for me, it's hard to do uh, reading scripture on a daily basis. Yeah, it's hard to do, but the sacrifice that you make, uh, it's a gift. It really is because oh, everybody's busy. We all have to do things during our day, whether it's something work related, family related, just eating, 
sleeping, taking care of stuff around the house, you know, but to take those five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes to read a little bit of Holy scripture. And, you know, there's some great publications out there too. You know, um, I think simply reading a Bible is a great thing, but I love things like uh, magazines and publications that have like some meditations, maybe it's a Bible verse and some words to reflect on. Um, there's one called the word among us. I'm sure you're familiar with that bill. It's a Catholic publication that has the daily mass readings every single day, including Sunday, and then a meditation for each day. That's a really good one. Um, so yeah, I just, I just totally encourage it because it's really a gift to yourself is what it is. It's, it's not a chore. You know, the chores are the things we have to do, like aside from the time of prayer, prayer is that gift that God gives us to say, you know what, take a break. You need it. You need to reflect a little bit. Stop working so hard. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's my opinion. Now, this article has some more words of wisdom here. Um, this article, again, is called The Importance of Scripture, and it's from OCCatholic.com. That's Ocean County out in California. It said the Bible is the spiritual center of the Catholic faith. Some pastors invite parishioners to hold the Bible against their hearts for a prayer and blessing during this Sunday of the words, God of mass. Um, and then on, going on to say that I hold the Bible over my heart and it should lead me over and over again to love and to want to search for the Lord in the word of God. When I find God, I find myself. I think that's so important. You know what? You don't need to meditate. I don't think you don't need to meditate for a long time on scripture. It can be something like a couple verses or like a paragraph from the Bible. I think the best thing is just to take uh, as Catholics, we can take the daily mass reading, can't we? And we can just reflect on that and do like Alexio Divina with that meaning you take one or two words that pop out at you, reflect on it. Cause you know, God's speaking to you, whatever's in that scripture pas passage, God is speaking to you about what's going on in your own life. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I think one of the things you said there and was really important, you know, take a passage, take a piece of scripture, you know, obviously do not pick up the whole Bible. <laughs> and, and go, oh, I can just, you know, start reading this thing from start to cover tonight, like, that, you know, start to end tonight. That's not going to happen, right? Uh, or it's not going to end well, I should say, for those who try and do that. Um, I, I remember Jeff Cavins, uh, who's the, 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 you know, the great Bible adventure man. Uh, I remember him giving a talk one time and saying, you know, you will end up quitting at some point in Leviticus, because it just, <laughs> you know, you can start going through all the laws. Oh, yeah. Leviticus. <laughs> right? I mean, that you, all these different laws. He goes, you will quit. You will quit rereading it. You know, if you start beginning to end, um, it, it doesn't mean that Leviticus isn't important. It doesn't mean it's not inspired. It doesn't mean it's not, you know, worthwhile reading. It just means that, you know, if you're going to approach it that way, uh, you're not approaching it from the angle of, um, allowing God to speak into your heart first versus just trying to get through it. You know, it, it, it's not a, it's not a textbook that you just, you know, get through the, the Bible is something that we can revisit over and over and over and over again. And because it's living, right. That's the other thing. The word is alive. It's not dead. I, I think that's one of the things that 
a lot of people uh, mistake about the Bible too, Anne, right? Like they think that this word that we're reading, it um, it's something that was written so long ago, and therefore it's just dead. It's not has meaning. It has no meaning. Well, well, what I would say is that again, go back to that passage or the prologue from John's gospel, the word becomes flesh and dwells among us. Well, that's Jesus. And who rose from the dead and lives in heaven, you know, eternally reigning from on high? That's Jesus, right? So <laughs> if if you um, are, are think that the Bible is dead, you're saying, you know, in some ways, Jesus is dead. He's not, he's not risen. He hasn't. Um, and, and so, and so I think if you can, you know, remember that, that this is something that we have to revisit daily, something you have to, maybe even two or three times a day, especially if you're on retreat or something like that, where you have some, some significant time to really reflect and think about scripture, that um, will prove to you that the word is alive because it's going to hit you in different ways, especially, you know, you mentioned Lectio Divina, uh, and, and that's such a beautiful thing because, you know, you, you allow the Holy Spirit to enter into you and, and, and you place yourself in the situations and in the story of scripture. Uh, and so that's, and that's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And I remember when I first found out about that whole practice, um, I didn't know about it for probably quite a while. Um, and it made me really reflect that it's God's wish that we get to know him. You know, he's a friend. He's not just our savior. He is our friend and he wants to be a part of our daily lives. And I think that this whole idea of taking the time to meditate and think about and really imagine, you know, because God wants you to imagine what was it like back then over 2000 years ago when he was on earth. And when he was um, interacting with people, just as we do, right? Just as we do, just as we interact with people, because we are all on mission. God is calling us to mission with him to evangelize. And our evangelization isn't just about a checklist, right? It's not just about saying, hey, I did a good deed. I talked to so-and-so about Jesus, and I told them about the Catholic Church or about uh, coming into a relationship with God. Um, it's about all of our conversion. You know, that's the one thing about being Catholic is that it's not a once and done, is it? No. I mean, it's, it's a daily conversion. And when we invite people to be a part of our faith, we're not just saying, Hey, you're going to say this little prayer and you're going to go to heaven someday. You know, what we're saying is that this is an invitation to be on mission from now up until the rest of your life every day. I'm no better than anybody else. Anybody who I try to convert, anybody who I try to uh, hop on board with our faith, it doesn't mean that I'm like a few steps ahead of them because I'm not, you know, um, it's, it's an invitation. It's a humble invitation. And so in the same article that I was referring to the importance of, of scripture um, from our friends out in California and Orange County, um, it says that um, it's speaking about the Holy Father and what he has to say about um, about it. I'm just trying to find this. Excuse me for one second. Um, 
it says that uh, in the apostolic letter, Pope Francis encourages the daily practice of Lectio Divina, reading a gospel passage slowly, first out loud and silently, and then contemplating the words for their spiritual meaning. This deepens connection and appreciation of the Bible. So as boring as that might sound, okay, um, that you're going to take a few sentences and you're really going to think about what it says and what it's communicating to you. Um, you know, that's how God works in our hearts, right? God wants us to think because um, our brains and our imaginations are a gift that we can use for the better. And when we use them for something like contemplating the good and contemplating our life of faith, we can do something like this Lectio Divina. And I think I want to encourage people to if you've never heard of it, to look it up, find out more. It's spelled L-E-C-T-I-O-D-I-V-I-N-A. So Lectio Divina. Yeah. And, you know, that's it's so beautiful uh, that you that you highlighted that because um, I was just looking through the catechism too, Anne, for, for this as you were talking, because, um, you know, when, when, as you mentioned, you know, Lectio Divina and and how you slowly go through the Bible. Uh, you know, for reading it out loud and silently, then con- contemplating. There's different senses of scripture that we should be thinking about and meditating upon as we go through it. And this is what the Catechism says, by the way. It's uh, coming from uh, paragraph 115 uh, through 119. I'm just going to kind of briefly go through um, a few of the different, I'm going to go through all the different senses here briefly. So uh, it, uh, it says the literal sense is the meaning conveyed by the words of scripture and discovered by exegesis following the rules of sound interpretation. So again, you know, okay. um, The road to Emmaus, right? There were two disciples on the road to Emmaus that happened, right? Like that's the literal sense. The next sense of scripture, again, as we go deeper with Lectio Divina is the spiritual sense. Uh, and thanks to the unity of God's plan, not only the text of Scripture, but also the realities and events which it speaks can be signs. So then we begin to think about um, what's happening spiritually in the story, right? Well, the these two disciples uh, walking along, they're they're uh, you know kind of angst, they're 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 dismayed at the fact that Jesus just died. Um, they're like, oh my gosh, what just happened here? And and now we're getting the spiritual sense of it. Um, the, the allegorical sense is how it relates to Jesus. Uh, so this, this is how can we acquire more profound understanding of the events by recognizing their significance in Christ, thus crossing of the Red Sea as a sign or type of Christ's victory and also of Christian baptism. So in the allegorical sense, um, you know, how does this relate to Jesus? Again, if you were looking at the this, this story of, you know, the road to Emmaus, well, um, it would be all about his resurrection. This relates to, you know, Christ's resurrection. And, and, and did he rise from the dead? Did he say what he was going to do, right, in that story? And then the moral sense um, is the events reported in Scripture ought to act, lead us to act justly, just as St. Paul says, they are written for our instruction. So this is really how does it relate to me? Right. Like, okay, so, you know, why do we read a story like the road to Emmaus if we're not going to uh, let it let it um, penetrate our hearts? How does this relate to me and going to guide me in the moral life? 
Well, it's going to um, remind me in this situation that um, if I'm if I'm doubting, if I'm struggling, if if I if I believe Jesus is is dead, uh, to, to to take another look at it and and recognize that uh, you know He can show up in the in those little ways along the road, and uh, and then lastly the anagog the anagogical sense is. Um, how we can view realities and events in terms of their eternal significance, leading us toward our true homeland. Thus, the church on earth is a sign of the heavenly Jerusalem. Uh, so this is how does that passage relate to the future? How does it allow us to move to uh, a deeper understanding of what God wants us to do with our future? Well, he wants us, you know, if you're going back to the story of Emmaus, he wants us to recognize him in the breaking of the bread, in the, um, in the people around us, to see him in those little things, um, and 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 that that's how he relates to us today, continually relates to us today, and how uh, and how he will relate to us. Uh, for the for the foreseeable future through the reception of the Eucharist, so you know again that's just one little passage and one little example of very quickly going through Lectio Divina, Anne. <laughs> no, no, that was good. That was good. I'm glad you read that. I love to read the Catechism, you know. And um, there was a time in my life that I was kind of afraid to read it because I thought, oh my gosh, there's just so much there, and I'll never understand it. But, you know, you don't have to read it that way. You don't have to read it from start to finish. And, and you know, you can if you want to. But, I mean, you can certainly find sections and take a little bit, you know, just like you do with, with Holy Scripture. You can read a little bit of the catechism. It doesn't have to be, you know, 15 or 20 pages or whatever, which is so much. Um, so I want to read a little more from this article, The Importance of uh, Scripture, from our friends in Ocean County, California. Um, and this comes from a Reverend Christopher Smith. He says, for daily Bible reading, I recommend 10 or 15 minutes a day. Um, I think it is best to start with the Gospel of Mark, since it is the shortest. It only takes a few minutes to read one or two chapters at a time, he explains. Begin with the sign of the cross. Take a moment of silence. Read the pas passage. Take another moment of silence and ask the question, Lord, what would you have me hear through this passage? followed by a moment of silence, and then reread the passage. Now, that's the part, I think, of the Lex Lectio Divina that is very important, okay? So you're not just like reading it real quick and saying, okay, I'm done, I'm going to go to the next paragraph. God wants you to take that, and he wants you to envision it. He wants you to meditate on the words, and he wants you to think about your own life and how it re relates to what you're going through. I think you'd be surprised how much when you read scripture, how much you can relate to what has happened to you in the past 24, 48 hours or last week or so and what's going on in your life. And maybe even way before that. But I do think that it's important to take that time and to really think about, you know, how is God speaking to me? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again going going through the different modes of of understanding scripture and um you know really the different senses is how the catechism puts it but just to to, to understand the different senses and that there's multiple layers of god speaking to you right 
um, there's multiple layers of God speaking to you through reading scripture. And just like there's multiple ways he's speaking to you throughout the day, he's speaking to you through your spouse, he's speaking to you through your alone time, he's speaking to you through your children, he's speaking to you through, he does the same thing with scripture, right? And I think, you know, allowing that one little word to bounce around, right? And like, just Mm -hmm. allow that one little, that one little phrase to bounce around your head during, during each day, Um, you know, and, and that's the reason why there's, as you mentioned, so many great resources like the word among us and things that allow you to just to continue to contemplate. I think that's one of the, my greatest, um, you know, I guess gifts is that I just love to contemplate things. I love to allow them to bounce around my head for an extended period of time. I mean, there's things I've been contemplating for two or three years, um, and just going, Oh, you know, God, is this how you, how, you know, you foresee these things to go, right? Like, um, and, and so contemplation is so important. I, I think you really struck on that because that's, you know, we don't, we don't often do that. And that's, that's actually one of the things Satan does not want us to do. He does not want us to contemplate. So he puts all these things in our way, right? He puts all these distractions. He puts TV shows. He puts a billion different things that we think we have to do every day so that we don't sit and contemplate with God. We don't spend that time with God, um, listening to his word, reading his word and contemplating on it. So, um, you know, if you're feeling too busy, it was that thing that uh, Mother Teresa always used to say. She used to say, uh, if you're really busy, um, you know, you uh, you need to, or, you know, pray every, pray every day for a half an hour, unless you're really busy, then pray a full hour, um, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> right? So um, I think that that's, you know, goes to speak for all of us busy people. Yeah. Oh, well said, Bill. I think it's true what you said about contemplation, because, you know, obviously I don't think that the devil wants us to contemplate because when we contemplate, you know, that's our communication, right? So he wants to cut off that communication with God and try to cut it off so that we don't hear God anymore. We do what we want, not what God wants. So that's a really good point. I think for all of us to remember that it's almost like that cell phone that you have that you're always grabbing, you're always checking. When you don't have Holy Scripture, when you don't have contemplation, when you don't take time to pray, con- time to think and be with God, it's like losing your cell phone almost in, in, in worldly terms, you know? Um, not the same thing because God is much more important than a cell phone. <laughs> but maybe people can understand that that's kind of like a good um, comparison. And then in that same article that I was just reading, it says that as just as the regular exercise can improve the body, regular reading of the Bible can improve the spirit. We should never take God's word for granted, but instead acknowledge ourselves to be nourished by it. And in order to acknowledge and live fully our relationship with him and with our brothers and sisters, you know, because what reading Holy Scripture does is it helps our relationships, relationship with our spouse, relationship with our children relationship with our extended family, people we work with, people we know, people at church, people we see on Zoom calls, right, Bill? I mean, it helps us to be better people. Mm -hmm. So um, I just can't encourage people enough to get a Bible that you like too. I mean, Bill and I are Catholic and a lot of our listeners are Catholic. So yeah, try to get a Catholic Bible if you're Catholic. If you're not Catholic, then pick up a Bible, obviously, that works for you, the one that, that that you feel that um, is easiest for you to read, e- easiest for you to pick up. 
Um, I mean, obviously, as Catholics, we recommend those good Catholic Bibles like the New American Bible or some of those other versions of it. Um, Bill, did you have anything to say on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you said it all right there. I think to get a good Bible, get a good Catholic Bible if you're Catholic, um, you know, and the reason for that uh, for Catholics is because, again, it it contains um, seven more books uh, than than a Protestant Bible. Uh, and, and the reason uh, it does is because uh, we uh, believe that there are seven more inspired books that um, that are in, just included in the Bible. They're, they're inspired by God. And so they contain a lot of wisdom. I always love to read those books. Uh, my, my favorite by far is the book of Sirach, um, which, again, if you're Protestant, you don't have that um, book in your Bible. You don't have that Bible. Uh, with that, they were that book inside of your Bible, I should say. Uh, so, I would encourage um, you know Catholics to get those and, and read those books that make the, your Bible Catholic. Um, it, it's it's fascinating and beautiful and wonderful um, to to read all of you know a lot of those wisdom books um, like Sirach because it's it, it, it's just there's something about it when you when you encounter those. Um, there's there's it's just beautiful so I, I encourage people to take a look uh get a good bible good catholic bible if you're catholic um and then you know go out and spread the spread the seed you know uh there's so many great ways to do it i mean uh, i think i've mentioned uh past couple of weeks my friend mike stark who created the truth and life bible app if you're not a bible reader um if you're not a big bible reader uh, I encourage you to maybe listen to it through the Truth and Life Bible app. They have uh, the Gospels, all, all the entire New Testament, completely uh, audio recorded. It's beautiful. So uh, that's kind of what I'll leave our listeners with tonight, Anne. But thank you. And uh, this has been so much fun talking about Scripture tonight and uh, looking forward to our next one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our next one, too, Bill. This has been great. And if I could just end also with another little uh, meditation from that same article, The Importance of reading Holy scripture is that another benefit of reading scripture regularly reminds individuals that they belong to a wider Catholic community, the relationship between the risen Lord, the community of believers and sacred scripture is essential to our identity as Christians. And one more quote from Pope Francis, he said that to listen to sacred scripture and then to practice mercy, this is the greatest challenge before us in the, in this life God's word has the power to open our eyes and to enable us to renounce a stifling and barren individualism and instead to embark on a new path of sharing and solidarity. You know, that's what it's all about. It's not that we are by ourselves reading this Bible and it's only about you or me, Bill. It's about how we fit into the rest of the world and how we can make the world a better place. Absolutely. Yeah. Bill, thank you so much for uh, this great episode of Sowing Hope. And we'll be back again next Tuesday, right? We're we're yeah. now once a week, every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Be sure to come back here to Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube and subscribe. And also watch us on video on those places on specific channels that we're on, right, Bill? Yes. Um, especially Fiat Ministry Network. Of course, yeah. No, uh, thank you uh, to everybody listening, watching. And don't forget to share it. Uh, if you like this episode uh, and you like all the other ones, share it, 
help others subscribe. It helps our ministry immensely uh, when you just click subscribe. So, uh, but until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep feeding to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos too.